We're still recovering from Penn State's nine overtime marathon loss to the Illinois Fighting Illini over the weekend. And today we're going to take a quick look at one of the bigger weak spots for this Penn State defense, which has really been popping up from time to time this season. We'll see whether or not that can be corrected. And then there's also the whole conversation about James Franklin. There are so many hot takes that are out there right now. We're going to try and get to some of them in today's episode. It's impossible to get to all of them. But there's another question that might be looming. Could Penn State's second straight loss of the year make it more likely that James Franklin will leave Penn State on his own? We'll discuss that in today's episode. Thank you for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen of the day. Let's go ahead and get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need can be found at rockauto.com. And don't forget to tell them the Locked On sent you. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm the editor of NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And I'm also a contributor to AthlonSports.com and, of course, your host here every Monday through Friday, talking all things Penn State football, some other Penn State sports when we get a chance. But obviously, the big focus here on this podcast is Penn State football. And I know it feels as though the enthusiasm for the season has kind of quickly been drained over the course of the last couple of weeks here. Not necessarily with Penn State losing on the road a couple of weeks ago against Iowa going into the bye week, but really this last game against Illinois kind of drained a lot of people. And there are a lot of harsh reactions that are going on being thrown at head coach James Franklin. Once again, I'm not necessarily going to defend him entirely, but we'll dig into a couple of some of the reactions that I've been seeing out there and just kind of give you a little perspective moving forward as we look to turn the page to get ready for what is actually a huge game for Penn State and the entire Big Ten East this weekend on the road against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, it's not going to be easy this week, especially after what we've seen uh, most recently this past weekend against Illinois. I'm uh, not expecting a whole lot out of this game from Penn State, but we nonetheless will get a chance to take a look at that game as the week goes on. I do want to kind of provide some final thoughts on this whole Illinois game is because there is so much to get into. We didn't get into it all in yesterday's episode. So if you missed yesterday's episode, make sure you're following along on your favorite podcasting app, including the awesome Odyssey app. As I hit my microphone with my hand, you can also catch us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, basically wherever you get your audio podcasts. And then, of course, we are also available on YouTube. So if you happen to be watching this video, please give this video a thumbs up and leave a comment down below. I do have a comment that we will highlight later on in today's episode. And you never know. If you leave a comment on the video, I may choose your comment as our next YouTube comment of the day. So we appreciate all the support we get in the audio formats. And of course, now the, the video format that we've been having fun with uh, since we got started about a month ago. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying it and you know contributing along to the conversation as well. You can also join the conversation with us by following us and talking with us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. And of course, we're also on Instagram because everybody's on Instagram right now. Instagram.com slash Locked on Nittany. All right. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around how Penn State got to this point uh, against Illinois nine overtime, as you know, coming on the short end of an historic FBS game. First game ever to go nine overtimes. 
uh, with an asterisk because it is a new format. It's a lot easier to extend into multiple, multiple overtime sessions after you get through the first two. But still, the fact that you got to nine tells you that uh, either you can't make a two or three yard play or you're really good at stopping them. And in this case, it was obviously both for both Penn State and Illinois. Uh, so I am still kind of mystified at the fact that Penn State actually lost that game because as we discussed in yesterday's episode, I don't think there's really any excuse for it. You had a bye week. Illinois had a bye week too, but you know what? Illinois came out ready to play and I can't say the same about Penn State. Now, yes, I do think to a certain degree you can use injuries as a little bit of a an explanation for why you didn't perform up to your standard. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, Penn State standard is much higher than what we saw Saturday uh, against Illinois. And yeah, for those of you who are wondering, the game is still sitting on my DVR. I have not been brave enough to actually d- d- invest the time to actually sit through that painful experience. And now that I'm thinking about it, I remember before I headed out on Saturday, I set the DVR so it would record an extra amount of time. And usually if I set the DVR for an extra hour (laughs) for a football game, that usually will cover my bases. I have to imagine it did not cover it this time, but I think for the most part, I probably got a good chunk of the game on there. And um, at some point, maybe in the off season, because it may be a while before I'm ready to brace myself for that kind of uh, torture, uh, maybe eventually we'll have some fun uh, kind of going back and watching that game. Because you know what? Laughter is the best medicine. Sometimes you have to laugh things off a little bit. That's what we'll try to do a little bit later today. But the one concern that I think we can come back to uh, on the defensive side of the football, and again, the Penn State defense has been really good this year. I don't really have any serious complaints about this. But one thing that has popped up is their lack of ability to slow down a good running game. Uh, when they have to do so and against Illinois all you had to do was load up and stop down that running game or at least slow it down because Illinois had no passing game they were going to feel comfortable relying on with Archer Sikowski the former Rutgers quarterback as their starting quarterback uh, there was really no excuse for that Penn State defense to allow Illinois to rush as much as they did as efficiently as they did and I'm not saying that Illinois wasn't going to get their yards on the ground they've got some really talented running backs as we've seen but I think the defensive game plan against this Illinois team was kind of misguided. And this is not the first time that this has happened. Now, obviously, Illinois is the first team that really is all about the running game, not so much the passing game. But if you take a look at some of the other running offenses that Penn State has faced this year or teams that can run the ball well, you notice a disturbing trend here. And I've loaded up the stats from cfbstats.com. I'm looking at them on my laptop. And you just go through the list, okay? The Penn State schedule so far, we've seen Penn State go up against Wisconsin. We've seen it go up against Auburn and then Iowa and Illinois. And these are all teams that I feel have a pretty good history of being able to run the football. And one thing is in pretty much in common. Now, Penn State gave up 182 yards on the ground to the Auburn Tigers. Tank Bigsby is a beast, uh, so there's no real shame in giving up his yardage. But 182 yards on the ground, Auburn averaged 4.55 yards per rushing attempt. So that's not a good average, I think, if you're Penn State. They did do better against Wisconsin, although marginally. They gave up 180 yards on 58 rushing attempts, an average of 3.1 yards per rushing attempt by Wisconsin. That's a pretty good average uh, for Wisconsin, not so much for Penn State, but it's better than what they gave up against Auburn. But this past weekend against Illinois, Penn State gave up an average of 5.33 yards per rushing attempt 
against the Illini. Uh, and Illinois, of course, rushed the ball 67 times in the game. That ratted up to 357 rushing yards. You don't see Penn State get chewed up on the ground as well as Illinois happened to do this past weekend very often. Uh, there have been some times in recent years where teams with a lot of talent on the offensive line and at the running back position can have a whole lot of success. And that's what's got to worry you about uh, moving forward here because Penn State still has to play Ohio State this weekend. If you haven't noticed, Ohio State's been running the ball pretty well. We'll get into that probably in tomorrow's episode. They still have to play Michigan, who continues to thrive on the ground as well. And Michigan State's got some playmakers running the football as well. So those are three really good opponents that can run the ball really well that Penn State still has to battle. And if you're looking to try and find a way to end this season in as high as second place in this Big Ten East, you're going to have to figure out a way to slow down some running games because they're coming for you. They know what it takes to be successful against you. And if Penn State can't figure things out, I know P.J. Mustafer being absent is a big blow to Penn State's inability or Penn State's ability to stop the run. But you know what? He was still there for a number of those other games that we just mentioned. And no disrespect to P.J. Mustafer, but this is a defensive line that has to find out if they can slow down the running game they can bring pressure on quarterbacks that's great but there's going to have to be a time when they're going to have to stop a run at some point they did better against iowa and they obviously thrived against ball state and they dominated villanova on the ground but take a look at what some of those other teams that can run the football have done and that should worry you moving forward as penn state still has some really good running offenses on their schedule including this weekend against ohio state if you're into daily fantasy, well, then you got to check out Prize Picks because Prize Picks makes daily fantasy as easy as it can be. And of course, Prize Picks is the best way to play some daily fantasy football with college football. They've got every major conference covered, they've got a number of the top group of five conferences and players covered as well. So if you really know your stuff, then you know which picks to make as soon as you get signed up. And signing up is incredibly easy. All you have to do is go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, download the Prize Picks app. It is one of the leading daily fantasy apps out there on either service. And then download that app, get signed up and for free and then when you make your initial deposit make sure you use the promo code locked on because they will give you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 that is a great way to get started well how do you play all right well once you're all signed up and use that promo code for that instant deposit match up to $100 make sure you pick two to five players of this weekend that you think you're feeling pretty good about all you gotta do is choose whether or not they're going to go over or under a variety of statistical projections and that's it all you have to do is it's you versus the numbers and that is as easy as it really gets so pick two to five players you feel good about on the prize picks app choose whether or not they're going to go over or under their passing yards or rushing touchdowns their number of carries whatever the case may be that's as easy as it gets that's why prize picks makes daily fantasy incredibly easy speaking of easy it's incredibly easy to find everything you need for your car or truck when you use rockauto.com it is a website that is a family business that has been serving customers all the auto parts supplies needs for 20 years how does a family business stay in business for that long in the dot-com world it's because they treat you like family they're going to make this incredibly easy incredibly pain-free and what better way to go about finding everything you need for your car than knowing that you're not going to be stressing out about finding the wrong part because all you have to do is go to rockauto.com you enter the make and model of your particular vehicle and they bring you up their entire catalog of everything they have available specifically for your vehicle so you're not going to be buying some part for a 
car that you don't own or your grandmother's old car that's sitting in the driveway that hasn't been used in a couple of years, it's going to be specifically for you and they're going to give you the best prices available. That's why rockauto.com has been doing this for 20 years because they take the stress and they throw it all away. You don't have to worry about it. So when you go to make your purchase from rockauto.com, make sure you put locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks so much again for everybody who has decided to make Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen of the day. I'm going to try and get you through the rest of the season. I know things are looking a little gloomy right now after two straight losses and well, it looks like could very well be a third straight loss coming up this weekend, but you know what? There's still a very good chance that Penn State can be playing in as high as a New Year's Six Bowl game. Definitely a New Year's Day bowl game. I, it feels like it's a sliding scale as to what exactly a successful season will be at this point in time. And it's very difficult for many to kind of realize that there is still a good chance that this season could end up being a very good season. You know, a 9-3 and season is nothing to bat an eye at. It's not necessarily where you thought this season could potentially be going, given how things started. But all things considered, I think 9-3 and is still a realistic possibility. But there's no question that things have to be cleaned up. And that's one of the things I was saying a lot in yesterday's episode. And a lot of people kind of reacted to that uh, on Twitter and on in the YouTube comments. Uh, what exactly is de defining cleaning up right now and how much can actually be cleaned up? That does bring me to our YouTube comment of the day. Once again, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for doing so. Thank you for hitting the subscribe button if you have not already. And of course, leaving every video a thumbs up and comments down below. We're getting some good responses there. And I do want to highlight some of the comments that we get. This comment of the day comes from Surfing2020, who watched yesterday's podcast on the YouTube, and this is what they said. So, good teams at best don't lose in nine overtimes to Illinois. Penn State is atrocious, and their offense, I don't even have a word for that. Ohio State, 52-3. to Pray our king, the Ohio State is merciful king, and doesn't score 100 on Penn State. Okay, well, here's what I'm getting. Sometimes I do feel like laughter is the best medicine, and this comment did bring a smile to my face. Hopefully it brings a little bit of a smile to your face too. But you know what? It expresses a lot of the concerns that I'm seeing a lot of people have right now about Penn State. You know, when you lose to a poor Illinois team, and this is not to be disrespectful of Illinois. They are just not one of the best teams in the Big Ten. They are certainly on the bottom rung of the Big Ten power struggle right now. Uh, so that's how bad this loss was for Penn State. There's really no excuse for losing to this Illinois team, especially at home, especially after a bye week. Even with the banged up quarterback situation, there is no excuse for scoring 10 points against this Illinois team on your home field when you had a week off to get ready for it. Yeah, Illinois had a week off too. But when, when you lose a game like that, everybody is in a malaise. And that's going to be tough to dig a lot of people out of, especially when Ohio State is the next game on the schedule. So Surfing2020 uh, says, already going on record, I guess, with a, with a prediction for this weekend, saying that Ohio State's going to win 52-3. to I don't see that happening, but there was the thought that went through my head saying, you know what, Penn State and Ohio State, they've played a couple of 63-14 to type of games. And given how Ohio State played last weekend and has been playing in recent weeks since their loss to Oregon way back in Week 2, and given how Penn State played just this past weekend, 63 to 14 feels like it could actually happen, right? But here's the thing. I do think that this Penn State defense will slow down Ohio State enough to make it a little bit more respectful than a 52 to 3 outcome, but 
the offense still has to do their thing. Now, Ohio State's defense was a little bit of a question earlier on in the season, especially after that loss to Oregon. But look at what they've done since then. Now, granted, the level of competition hasn't exactly been stellar, but I do feel as though Ohio State's in a rhythm. Ohio State is on the right track. There's no question about that. Uh, they've got a tremendous young quarterback once again. It feels like Ohio State always has a quarterback ready to step in there. Uh, that's going to be the case for years to come in Columbus as far as I'm concerned. But I do think that it kind of is unsettling knowing what you just watched your team do, knowing what they're going into on the road this coming weekend. I feel like a lot of people are on blowout uh, side of this conversation right now. And some of the early lines are certainly suggesting that. You know, I saw one line saying that Penn State was, I believe, a 17.5 point underdog this weekend against uh, Ohio State. And I, I totally buy into that right now. But let me go back to what I was trying to say. So the defense. I think slows down Ohio State enough to kind of keep it a little bit more respectful. I, I don't think this is a game that goes totally off the rails for Penn State. I just don't think that the defense, even though they have their lapses on the ground, I feel as though there's enough there on this defense to kind of keep things relatively in check. I don't think Ohio State mops the floor of Penn State. But I do think they jump all over them pretty early on. And that's going to be a little bit concerning because I don't know if you can trust this Penn State team to dig out of any holes right now the way that this offense is playing. So if you're Penn State, certainly you're going to be in a much better position if you can find a way to get some early scoring drives. And that goes back to Sean Clifford. So if Sean Clifford, even though he played this past weekend, if Sean Clifford is in a much better position to actually play and be effective, then I like Penn State's chances a lot more to at least keep things within reach. And really all I'm optimistically hoping for is that Penn State has something to play for in the second half. You know, I would love to see this game go into the fourth quarter with Penn State at least knocking on the door of two scores. <laughs> I just feel like you don't want to see, you never want to see your team get blown out. But I think the we all kind of expected that this was going to be a game that you could probably, at the beginning of the season, as I did, predict that this is going to be a loss. So I certainly can't expect otherwise, especially in light of recent events. I just, I never felt like this was a game that Penn State was going to win. And even after the first couple of weeks of the season, when there was so much talk about maybe Ohio State is more vulnerable than they've ever been, or at least in recent years, and while Penn State was at the time, looking like one of the more complete teams in the Big Ten, small sample sizes may have been in play there, but I just feel as though even when all those conversations were happening earlier in the season, I never thought that this was a game that Penn State was automatically going to win. That was never entering the realm of my possibility. Now, I did think that maybe Penn State will have a chance, and you know I still think that that could be possible because if Sean Clifford is healthy, I feel as though he can make some things happen. It's not going to be easy, but I just feel as though this is a game that I never saw being a Penn State win in the first place. Uh, and at this point, I'm just hoping that they don't get totally embarrassed on the road because this is a statement game opportunity uh, for both teams, really. For, really, for Penn State, given what they've done now, losing two straight games, including one to Illinois in the way that they did, they got to come out for this game. They have to come out fired up, ready to play, and um, be be productive, you know, make a, make a statement for yourself saying that, you know, what happened happened, but we're still going to be a tough team for anybody else to face the rest of the season. And I think that that is totally capable of happening, but it's not going to be easy. It's just not going to be easy. There's no other way to say that. This is not a game where, you know, you can try to clean things up and all of a sudden 
uh, things are going to work out your way because Ohio State has talent. Ohio State has depth. Ohio State has coaching. There's so many reasons why Ohio State played for a national championship last year and continues to win Big Ten championships year in and year out. Even with a changing in a change in the head coach along the way, they are still Ohio State and Penn State. They've got some things to clean up. So how much can this defense clean up? How much can the offense clean up? I don't know, but is it enough to at least be respectable this weekend? That's really all I'm hoping for at this point in time. Nobody likes being the sweaty guy in their group of friends or the sweaty guy at work, right? Well, check out Sweatblock if this is a concern of yours. Sweatblock are antiperspirant wipes that you apply to your face or anywhere else you have some sweating concerns, and they work for seven days. It's incredibly easy to use. It's doctor created, it's doctor recommended, and there's a reason it is one of the best selling antiperspirant products on Amazon.com. So the way it works is incredibly simple. You take one of the Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes at the end of the night when you're cleaning up your face, getting ready for bed, wipe down your face with that antiperspirant wipe or anywhere else you have those sweating concerns. It doesn't We're not going to be picky here. We're not going to judge you. If you've got a sweating issue anywhere on your body, take that antiperspirant wipe and apply directly. Let it sit in for about five minutes and then go to bed. Wake up the next morning, go through your normal morning routine. And next thing you know, you're going to be midway through your day and you're not going to have those same sweating issues that have been bogging you down, making you sweaty, making that sweat pour through your shirt. That's why Sweatblock has that dry shirt guarantee. Go to sweatblock.com right now and check out these antiperspirant wipes. Check out the antiperspirant lotion, the powder, whatever you need to control your sweating. Sweatblock is going to have you covered. And you can use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself 20% off your next order from sweatblock.com. It's also one of the leading products you can find it on Amazon.com or at your local CVS. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. And I want to share a little bit of a closing thought here, if I may. Because one of my colleagues on the USA Today sports media group, Matt Zemick, over from Trojans Wire, covering all things USC, he's been doing a fantastic job of covering the USC coaching search, which of course has included from time to time Penn State's own James Franklin. It's kind of tying into what we were just talking about in the last segment, but I want to give praise to Matt for doing the job he's doing, uh, covering all angles of the USC coaching search. I feel like he's kind of like me, where he's covering a team, but he does so with a little bit more of a, a national perspective on the whole entire outlook and the whole entire process, given his years of experience covering college football the way that he has. So he knows that uh, just evaluating what potential coaching candidates for USC are doing are going to be of importance to his readers. Uh, looking to see who's going to be the next head coach at USC. Is it going to be James Franklin? I don't know. But one of the things that he offered on Trojans Wire in reaction to this Penn State-Illinois game over the weekend was history suggests that James Franklin could very well be on a similar track record to Pete Carroll, Steve Spurrier, Urban Meyer. And no, we're not talking about winning a national championship, although that would be great. Uh, But we are talking about getting to a point in a season where it's a little bit easier to leave for another job in hopes that maybe the grass is a little greener on the other side. Now, I'm going to say this right off the bat, as I typically always do when this conversation comes up, but I don't think that James Franklin is leaving Penn State, and I don't think there's any reason to suggest that he is contemplating that. However, I kind of understand the logic that Matt put into this little idea. And I will link to this uh, post in the show notes for this episode if you want to check it out for yourself and see what we're talking about. I'll give you the general concept here. Okay, 
uh, head coaches who have reached a certain level of success start to see their program trending downward and maybe not necessarily becoming a complete mess as an organization and as a, a program, but finding a good turn to take on the exit ramp to another job. Uh, so Pete Carroll, for instance, obviously did a fantastic job elevating that USC program to be in a national powerhouse year in and year out, winning some national championships for the USC Trojans. And then, of course, when things start to go on the slide down, he uh, decides to leave and give the NFL another chance. Now, NCAA sanctions probably came into play a little bit as far as that USC job is concerned. However, the, that's just one example. Uh, Steve Spurrier national championship coach with the Florida Gators, a Heisman Trophy winner at the University of Florida. But when things started to go south, even Steve Spurrier decided, you know what, maybe it's time to try something else. And he went off to the NFL. Didn't last very long there, but he ended up going and taking an opportunity to go to the NFL when things were going to start trending in the opposite direction for the Florida Gators if they had not already. Speaking of Florida Gators, how about Urban Meyer? Okay, Urban Meyer two-time BCS National Championship head coach for the Florida Gators, and even he decided to take a break from college football, spends more time with his family, so he says. And he saw a point where Florida started to trend downward a little bit from that national uh, hierarchy that they had accomplished. And maybe not so coincidentally, this is also when Nick Saban and Alabama were obviously on the rise to... Uh, plateauing as one of the dominant forces around college football. I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but it might be a coincidence. But I think that it is important to keep in mind that Urban Meyer, Steve Spurrier, Pete Carroll, these are all coaches who had great success and found opportunities when things were starting to go in the opposite direction where it was time for them to go pursue something else, One, whether it was another head coaching job or just taking some time off. Maybe James Franklin is following that kind of track record. That's the idea that Matt is putting together over on trojanswire.com. So again, Mako, read the post for yourself. Take it some time to let that all sink in. My general reaction is I wasn't real into the idea that this is a season that is completely lost at this point and James Franklin's going to bolt on the next ticket out of town. But it does kind of make sense. And it makes me wonder whether or not this could be a season where maybe James Franklin is hearing the offers from USC or LSU. And maybe he decides, you know what, if I could do all of this at Penn State, I'm sure I can do it all at USC and LSU and maybe even get to that next step. I'm not saying that it's guaranteed that he's leaving. And I'm not putting the seed of information out there that suggests that he is. I'm just reacting, and I want to hear your reactions as well. So reach out to us on our Twitter account. It is Twitter Tuesday, after all. You can follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Let me know what you think about this. If you're watching this on YouTube, though, make sure you leave that thumbs up on the video. And then, of course, leave your comments down below so I can see what some of your thoughts are as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for following and subscribing on all the various podcasting platforms we have in audio format. And of course, here on video all over on YouTube. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. Thank you once again for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen of the day, head on over to Locked on Big Ten, where I am co-hosting today's episode with the usual host, Nate Dickinson from Locked on Gophers. 
it's always fun hooking up with him every Tuesday, talking some Big Ten football. There's some more Penn State, Illinois reactions, so you want to hop on over there. And then we take a look at the latest AP Top 25 and a lot of good stuff heading into the upcoming weekend of college football around the Big Ten. And of course, we'll do that continuing on throughout this week, uh, talking more about this matchup against Ohio State and whether or not Penn State's got a fighter's chance to keep things interesting. We'll see. And maybe my opinion will change as the week goes. But the only way to, way to find out for sure, and that's to come back every episode and catch our episode every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out all of our Penn State coverage over on NittanyLionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go one and know. Let's come back and do it all again tomorrow.